Hello world. Hello. 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 Um, welcome to Love Joy Actually. I'm doing a radio voice. I like your radio this voice. This is um, probably the world's first Love Joy podcast. Um, that that information is currently unverified. Uh, my name's Em and I'm here with two of my friends. My name's Paul. And my name's Helen. Um, and we've got a really important mission, which is to watch every episode of British, I was going to say sitcom, British... Comedy drama is probably a more accurate uh, <laughs> description. And we'll tell you why later. Legendary series. Legendary series. Love, Love joy. <laughs> Today's a very special day, which is why we've chosen it as our inaugural recording. Um, I'm going to ask Paul to tell us a bit more about that. Oh, because today, uh, the day we're recording this is the 10th of January, and it was exactly 32 years ago today <laughs> that the very first ever episode of Love Joy was broadcast. Obviously, after that, there was the first series, and then a four year oh, hiatus. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that another time. 32 years, that well known um, anniversary. <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> so in, honor, in honor of that, let's. Um, this is really great for a podcast. I mean, <laughs> this, this visual. Of me opening some Prosecco. What we want you to do, we want you to imagine some Prosecco. Woo! Hey! 32 years. 32 years. <laughs> 32 years young. A viewing I mean, he's pleasure. actually 76, but that's that's not the point. In the original books, he was in his 20s. So, yeah, that's a very important thing to note about Lovejoy, which I didn't realise until we started this project, which is that there are actually a lot of Lovejoy... Novels. Should we say cheers? Cheers. Cheers. Oh, it doesn't really... They don't really clink, do they? Cheap glasses. Che Clink. 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 I think they're from Austin. They <laughs> Love Joy probably trying to pass them off as 17th century French crystal. I think he probably would. Um, but but they're, they're pretty, definitely plastic. Definitely plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Which is much safer. Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, I wouldn't drop one, but. <laughs> <laughs> We've invested in you, dear. Listener. My mum. <laughs> <laughs> Um, by buying at least the first series of Lovejoy on DVD. No, we, I've got all the series on DVD now. She had them Just all on VHS. Saying, I did have them all on VHS and my mum recorded Coronation Street over the second episode of series six. That classic episode. That classic episode where Charlotte Cavendish got kidnapped. But <laughs> yeah, I'm she does! I do actually know. <laughs> um, and what you're going to do is join us on our amazing journey as Polly relives her... <laughs> insane it's not insane really. childhood as an only child in a very boring part of the country i was gonna say crush on ian mcshane and, and crush on ian mcshane <laughs> yeah, just slight obsession with all things love and joy. just slight slight obsession with with all things love joy i feel like if you were an american listener you would really appreciate the whole britishness of it well of course there was uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> the christmas special in 1993 oh, I went there. I went there. Um, Wait, no, hang on one second. Did you go there? Did you because? go there because? No, I went. Oh, well, I should have. I should have done. I should have done. Well, because it was set in a fictional place. I mean, not not North Carolina. That's not fictional. But it was set on. There was oh, a Lovejoy plantation, and of course, there is actually no such thing. I know. I've spo spoilers. Well, no, 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 spoilers. No, no, no. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. I think we're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves. Then, yeah. yeah, I feel like we need to find out more about Lovejoy plantation. I, I think. I think. Um, <laughs> Lovejoy Plantation can be for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the idea of this, I'm sorry. So we, yeah, we have just watched an episode of Lovejoy. None of us wrote down what it was actually called. It was called it was the called Firefly, Firefly Cage. Cage. Oh, it was actually called It was that? called the Firefly, the Firefly Cage. Cage. Oh, I thought you came up with that. No, no it was called that the was Firefly the actual Cage. title. Can everyone actually... stop saying Firefly? <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually a little bit filthy. 
if you remember Lovejoy's anecdote that the courtesans in Japan would put fireflies in their firefly cage and make love by the firefly <laughs> Can lights. I just say, it was That's an actual a little cage. An actual yeah. little cage. Yeah. Shoot, that wasn't a euphemism. There's no, no not in the actual no, but the, quote marks. No, but, firefly cage. But he was using it as a way of saying naughty things but he wasn't ladies. saying you might put fireflies up you i didn't realize it was called that i thought what helen was doing no, was is she was making notes page. was writing down um just what she oh, thought yeah. it should be I, called i feel it should be noted that i did actually yeah, make some notes helen made some very yes. detailed notes here and I'm, i think we should just read some of them at <laughs> random she's put property prices question mark and um She's put Fort Boyard. Fort Boyard, I think um, that's a spoiler. And then she's spoiler put alert. she's put M to become magistrate, which was just a sort of idea we had. From... <laughs> and then she's put Lord Felsham as a magistrate. Conflict of interest. I mean, we're thinking about the... Uh, what was his conflict of interest? Right, right, no, conflict of what interest? we'll do is we'll retell the episode from the beginning. And what was really good about this episode... What does cutaway nipple mean? I thought... <laughs> That the really important plot point shadow on wall was um, a nipple, a, a nipple, but it wasn't. Yeah, it, it I mean, was maybe this is confusing. Unless our listeners are very dedicated and have also watched um, every series one, Joy episode ever. one of Lovejoy in the I last am. half an hour, <laughs> um, they're not going to really, you know, what we're talking about. So I think maybe we like talk them through a little bit. About the amazing plot. It was yeah. the first episode of the first ever series, so it was introducing us to the main players, which mm-hmm. was very exciting for me because I'm in love with one of the main players, or at least I was. Why, why are you well, so cagey about which uh, one? Firefly cagey. It's not Tinker. Um, <laughs> and it's not Lovejoy. It's Lady Jane. No, it's not. <laughs> Lady, Lady Jane, Jane Belsham. Belsham. Oh, she's oh, gorgeous. Lady Jane. Oh, yeah. oh, you don't yeah, have to have Tinker. I prefer Tinker. her to Tinker. Yeah, but I love Eric, and I was worried going back to watch it after so many years. And Tinker's got better dress sense than Lady Jane Felsham in the eighties. <laughs> well, I have that to was say, a shocking it was an awful dress. There was an awful purple taffeta experience. Um, but I, you could tell it was the first episode because pretty much every character was saying, "Are you Lovejoy?" I'm looking for Lovejoy. Where's yeah. Lovejoy? Not Mr. Lovejoy, just Lovejoy. He was, just Lovejoy. He was really cross about being called Mr., mm. which I thought was a bit... Obviously, it, it's a theme. But he did talk about Mrs. But... Lovejoy, who he'd had an acrimonious divorce from. So maybe, I don't know, maybe Trouble the whole idea... Is he in McShane's life in this particular period? Well, in fact, he doesn't because he just married his third wife a year before. <laughs> so where do we get to? Um, Lovejoy, everyone asking Lovejoy if he was Lovejoy. Are you Lovejoy? Are you Lovejoy? Should we explain the plot briefly? Can, can any of us can explain, any of us explain <laughs> so, the So, Lovejoy. Well, there was, there was a bit of setup at the beginning, just generally, like, Lovejoy is a cheeky Ren- chappy who hangs about in the... He was a, a real swaggerer. Yes, oh, he swaggered. swaggered. He swaggered oh, in. And when he was in, he was in an auction house, because he deals in antiques and stuff, and he did a lot of bidding in the auction by sort of doing a weird... Almost a bit of seizure, sort of, you know... He did look like he might have had a slight palsy. <laughs> Right, I'm, mm. I'm, I stick by it. I, yeah, I, it, it, it did look like it some kind of medical like, issue. Yeah, um, but actually, he was bidding on some sort of, I don't know, firefly cage. What was he bidding on? I can't remember. Um, no, oh. no, some kind of box, metal box. 
anyway, I we're can... now pouring more prosecco just you see, for the benefit. Of I was going. I was going to say maybe we shouldn't explain the episode because you know spoilers. But you've had thirty-two years to watch it, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So get on it. You know, get, so get on it. It basically it opened with so it was introducing the characters. So it opened with Lovejoy moving into I think his new cottage, which he was renting off a certain Mister Charlie Gimbert, who obviously is very oh. important for the next few Boo. series. Boo. Boo. I, would, I quite like Charlie Gimbert, but he, he disappears. He just come back at the very end in the sixth series. Does but he? this is you know again spoilers. Um, yeah, no, he does. He um, was a, a real sort of. He was. I very assume a- was, that he will. His character will maybe get fleshed out a bit, but he was kind of a cardboard cut out Tory. Wasn't he was he? a very eighties mm. yuppie. He sort lived of, in a big or house. Not yuppie, really, but a sort of eighties new money. Yeah, and apparently Lovejoy was slumming it in his cottage. In his gorgeous Which was literally a Suffolk cottage. With lots of beams. That's why I wrote property prices. That's that's why why she she wrote wrote property prices. And also that he was drawing on his walls in his rented property, but that's (laughs) for later. So it opened with him, and then the next next person we meet is the lovely Eric, who is M's boyfriend, boyfriend. as she wishes. Um, Um, We learned more about him, or stuff that I'd clearly forgotten, like he was a polytechnic dropout. Interesting social commentary on Thatcher's Britain. There's a lot of interesting social commentary on Thatcher's Britain. Um, The juxtaposition of the Eric character against the Charlie Gimbert character. I mean, this this week could write essays about this. People mm. have, I imagine. She's like incisive. Do you someone's on a PhD on Lovejoy? Probably. Polly. Have <laughs> you done? Has any of you listeners done a PhD? We need to hear from is, is you. Is that why Don't you're touch. listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> you were hoping to learn something insightful. So we meet Sorry, Eric. And Eric is basically going to become Lovejoy's apprentice. I think that's mm, the idea. Yes. So, and he thinks it's going to be really boring. Yeah. And then... Because oh, antiques are, like, well boring. Plot twist. It's not boring. It turns out it isn't boring at all. <laughs> 35, 40 minutes later, we've had a dead body. We've oh had a God, fire so on sad. a boat. We've we, had... We've had a boyard. We've had Fort Boyard that might not have been Fort Boyard. I Who think knows? it was Fort I think Boyard. it was Fort Boyard. And, yeah, you've... Uh, yeah. Um, so, so you meet... Uh, so you meet Eric. What happened next? Oh, and Lovejoy, the first job that he gives Eric uh, to do is to basically put a false advert in the papers advertising this item and saying that this item is a bible box it's a bible box and saying i don't know what a bible box is which is why i remember for your bible i mean everyone every 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 cool bible every cool kid had one in 1986 (laughs) mine's up there somewhere um so wait bible box in the paper yeah so Mm. he puts cleverly he puts a wanted ad so he's i want I'm looking for a Bible book, 17th century. But actually, he to had create one. demand. Well, did he have one, or was well, he, he making a very, forge? It? He was making a forge one out of a 19th century Bible box. Mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed-mixed
and in fact I didn't really understand why she went there though was she trying to get because she so she had a firefly cage that her stepfather had carved and she believed that it held some sort of secret now which it did technically it did hold a secret but they opened it to try and find the secret but they could not find the secret what I quite enjoyed about the Japanese firefly cage was that it was clearly made out of plastic. <laughs> the props department. <laughs> yeah, sorry, being, BBC. But they didn't tell me about money. It was B, I say it was BBC, you know. They was paying for it with our, our licence fee. It didn't look like... I a... mean, not mine. I was four, but, you know. <laughs> um. So, she... Sexy lady. Yeah. She. Uh, he said he wasn't a mister, which was weird. <laughs> yeah. I can understand someone no going, uh, it's Ms. I can get that. I do that. Love even joy. though it's Mrs. <laughs> it wasn't Ms. Lovejoy. But he was like, it's just Lovejoy. Maybe Mr. reminds him of Mr. and Mrs. It reminds him of his marriage, which has failed and left him. Oh, it's deep. Oh. It's deep. It's really well, that deep. That could have been a story, I and mean, it might not be true. We don't know. Is that his real backstory? We're going to find out through the course of these mm. 64 we are. podcasts. Consider this a piece of research <laughs> of the <laughs> highest anyway, order. Did he chuck her out, or did she storm out? I've forgotten. He called she her a stormed bitch. Oh no, that, that was later. No, that bitch. was later. Spoilt bitch. Spoilt bitch. Yeah, not just a bitch. Oh, spoilt oh. bitch. Oh, can everyone stop saying bitch? It's weird. I don't like it. Bitch. <laughs> so she brings the firefly cage. <laughs> she thinks that he will tell her some secret, but he does not. But then afterwards, he has an idea, and he because draws on the wall. He saw the shadow on yeah. the wall of the top of the firefly cage. So he and drew it. So what the makers of the show did was obviously that was a massive plot point. So they really focused in on this weird shadow on the wall. At which point, I was getting a bit overexcited by the sexual tension in the room, and I just thought it was meant to be a bosom, a bosom. Um, the sexual tension in the room. On the programme, not, the not in our room, <laughs> not between the three of us. we were watching it, I mean, that's another story. But yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's so a lot of attention was paid to that shadow, which I felt looked rude. Nobody else did. Um, and then after, You think everything looks rude. I do. I feel like it might be me rather than <sighs> anything else. Um, and then he just started squalling all over his beautiful mm, cottage. Yeah. But he's renting from Charlie. He's Gimbert, renting. So maybe he doesn't care. Yeah. Why did he draw it on the wall though? So because he could, he, so he could capture, remember it. Yeah, because he was trying to remember. Then it. we've missed a bit out. The bit where the police were like arresting. Oh, him. the police arrest him in the auction. Twice mm. they arrest him twice. They do, um, because he'd sold something that was nicked, but he'd actually got it from a beachcomber, which sounds like so much fucking bollocks. But then we <laughs> can't put that in. But then. Sounded like so much bollocks. But then Oh, I mean, it sounds so much better if you say it in that accent. Yeah. But then, um, after he chucked the woman, I'm not gonna use those swears because they're bad, out of his cottage, he then went to see the beachcomber. So the beachcombing story was actually true, which I didn't yeah. realise. And that was like a nice sort of grizzled old man who lived on the estuary. Oh, yeah, he was um, lovely. He grizzled man on the estuary. What did he think he no, he no, knew he was carving. It. Yeah, he knew that this. He was carving something out of coal. He, he was knew that, and he little... didn't love Joy say they were shit. Yeah, and <laughs> which was he nice. knew that he was an old friend of Sexy Lady's stepdad, and so he yes. knew that the Sexy Lady's stepdad was um, also into the carving. So he knew that oh, that might have been old man so and so that carved it. So because because actually when Sexy Lady took the fire location, she didn't say that her stepdad carved it. So he used his detective skills, mm. of which and more yes. later. To um to figure out who had actually carved it, he went to see the ask the beach cover. He was like, "Yes, my old mate." So there's sort of a story within a story within a story here. I mm. got very confused because then enter these two 
Who, what were they? They're evil. They were a bit scary, weren't scary, they? Scary, scary. They were sort of like East End... Implausible actors in Suffolk. Implausible actors We're just assuming. Suffolk. Is it definitely Suffolk? Yes, it's set in Lavenham. Oh, Lavenham. Paul's been on a trip it's to certain Lavenham. I have. When I, when I was I 12 or 13, I made my mum take me to Lavenham. She got food poisoning. Mm. Mm. Lovely, yeah. Anyway, right, hang on. <laughs> Those weird East End mob, yeah. mobsters. So, because Lovejoy then goes to see Them. the, the um, widow of the guy that carved the firefly cage, who is the mum of Sexy Lady. Yeah. And to be like, oh, I want to find out more about this firefly cage. And she's like, she's doing like, a bonfire. Yeah, and she's like, get she's out of She's setting light to all, all of the, yeah. So, that whole little plot was kind of pointless really it's like why did you get around in a circle just to get back to the start and somewhere around the same time we see that just the beginnings of his relationship with lady jane felsham mm. because she summons him as you can do if you're a lady you know uh in that in that sort of aristocratic sense so she summoned him and to tell him off because when he put that advert remember the advert you're keeping up listener where was i so she summoned him as ladies of the aristocratic persuasion I wanted to do uh, because he, in the advert... <laughs> That's the most British thing you've ever <laughs> I want to do. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yes, she summoned him. Because when he put the advert into the paper, well, Eric. he had, or when Eric had placed the advert into the paper, he'd placed Felsham Hall, which is where Lady Jane Felsham lives, um, as the address to contact if you had one of these uh, Bible 17th boxes. century oh, sorry, 17th Bible century. boxes, which was apparently in such demand. And she saw through it right away. She's a smart cookie, is that yeah. Lady Jane? And she saw through it straight away. <gasps> oh, yeah. And then they got pistol champagne. I was say, and then they literally and then they just went got... to the attic and drank <laughs> champagne, which is rather what we're doing now. Yeah, not in an attic. Not in an attic. Um, so they're getting pissed in the attic as ladies yeah. of an aristocratic I mean, are want to, to do... do. Because the pretext was, oh, I've got some antiques in my attic, so come and Again, have a Again, that's what they no, all you say. Yeah. say. That is the worst chat-up line. Come to my attic, I'll show you me antiques. Yeah. Come up and see my etching. But they are, they do start poking around. In the- <laughs> <laughs> Lads. <laughs> then what happens? Does her husband oh, come Oh, her husband home? comes. Her husband Lord comes says it's time for dinner. Because she was dressed for dinner, hence the hideous purple purple taffeta. She might wear that all the time. You never know. She looked like a quality. She did. Although she, she was prefers to be in wellies. She, yeah, she. Uh, to be fair, when she was driving a Range Rover, she wasn't in no, purple taffeta. Was she? Mm. The husband says, "Oh, it's time for dinner." And the guests like, are waiting. I'm in the I'm in the loft drinking champagne with a stranger. And, and then, like, okay, dear. He didn't look right bothered about that. And I because think I'm push over that Lord not fashion. a lady yes. of an aristocratic bent, I thought she had to go and cook it. But it yeah, was just that. Right. Uh, <laughs> then I said, Oh, has she not cooked dinner yet? <laughs> but it was just they were waiting for her. The, the other dinner guests. That's what posh people do. I, was, but, yeah, I thought, as a, for a magistrate, of which more later, Lord Felsham was a bit of a pushover. He was. Like, all right, dear, you just hang about with that stra- well, stranger in the loft drinking I champagne. Say, I think I would be really suspicious if my husband said he was in the attic drinking with I would say. Apart from anything else, we haven't got an attic. So. <laughs> Really confused. I think it's nice. If you get married to someone, I think it's nice that they have hobbies. And if that's getting pissed in an attic looking at antiques for a stranger... Yeah, there's worse things you could be doing. There are much worse things you could be oh, doing. I, mean, I can't think of any. The internet didn't exist in those days, though, did it? No, no. So it was just poking about You, 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 had, to, you <laughs> had to buy magazines if you wanted to do that sort of thing. <laughs> Is that what, the only what? other thing? <laughs> do you know what we've missed out? What? Um, 
uh, Gimbert, is that his name? Yeah. His sister with the butterfly buttock tattoo and the oh, green hair. Oh, yeah, and the swimming we, pool. Who technically also, is my favourite. With her come-hither look. Because <laughs> she's quite important in a bit. Yeah, because so, we also so we also learn at some point in Somehow. this morass of... It's very involved for a 45-minute episode, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We learn that he's having it off with... Charlie Gimbert's sister. Is he having it off with her though? Is I just think, think, was a lot, I think it was just a flirtation. He, was he, it, did they snog? Well, kissing on the lips. I wouldn't kiss. I sometimes will kiss someone on the lips just to make a point though. He was. Uh, and I think he was doing that to, to wind Gimbert. up Charlie Gimbert. Yeah. Yeah. And we knew that Charlie Gimbert's sister was a bit of a one because she had a tattoo on her left buttock of a butterfly and she had green hair. Right, hang on. Where were we? They were in the attic, they were pissed. He came up, said, come down for dinner. Yeah. I'd love to know how that dinner went, but unfortunately they didn't show you. So then, then the next time we see them. So then... Mm. He saw what? Lady Jane again, fairly... Uh... When, when did Tinker turn up? He's in it. He's I'm just looking at your notes for He's some guidance. He turned, like so, he turned up at the auction house about five minutes. V-neck oh, that's right. So that's the point at which. So he goes to see the widow and the sexy yes. lady. And then as he's leaving or sometime afterwards, the heavies, the East End gangsters. Beat, beat him up bring... in the least convincing on-screen fight I have ever seen. What do they call fake fighting? Crap. <laughs> Oh, babe. <laughs> right, fake fighting. So that's when he encounters Lady Jane Felstrom again and she gives him a lift oh, back yes. to so then it goes where should I drop off. you off? And he goes, the estuary. the estuary, which is literally nowhere near where she's driving. And she's like, yeah, right. Because she quite likes spending time with Lovejoy, I think. I would like to have spent time with Lovejoy. Yeah. What the hell is I would like to be Lady Jane. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would never wear that in a million years. That's true. Good Everything point. else, it didn't have any straps. I'd just spend my entire... T- anyway, I digress. It didn't look... It didn't look, um, well, it didn't look it comfortable, was, it did was, it? No. Yeah, it was... Considering I thought that the, the... The whole idea was meant to be sort of promoting her as this beautiful, sexual, alluring, smart, sassy woman, she did look fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was the 80s. Everybody looked fucking ridiculous. It was very 80s. It was an extremely 80s outfit. Anyway, so then she's she's, uh, just dropping him at the estuary, which is at least 50 miles out of anyone's way. (laughs) It's probably not that far, because Lavenham's not that far from the coast. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know which estuary. It's the estuary. That's true. It's all very vague. Um, and she so they go and why is he going there to speak to, to the beachcomber beach guy again coma, but, but I don't know why he's speaking to him again but maybe he's just going to like pick up oh no I think he's probably him. going to say look these guys beat me up what mm, the hell did maybe. you tell them we're not really sure why he goes there but he does because it's important for the next turns bit. out to be an abortive mission because oh it's quite sad actually so I don't want to talk about this bit he's dead um, what I particularly like here is Helen's notes where it just says <laughs> sensitive cuddling of corpse. Oh, which was, it was really sensitive. So, the, spoiler, the uh, old beachcomber, beach sorry, <laughs> is uh, he's just dead. But um, what we didn't mention was that we've learnt earlier on is that he gives donkey <laughs> rides to young children on the beach. I the... missed that bit. I thought the donkey was just a working donkey. Yeah, I'm sure it mentions that he gives donkey rides to kids and then his donkey is on the beach. It made the moment even sadder. As somebody pointed out, one of you pointed out, no mobile phones. 
Yeah. No. So, so they had to call the harbour master. Oh, <laughs> which what does that call Some guy in naval uniform. As everyone appears. knows, yeah, every estuary needs the yeah. estuary man. Yeah, the estuary man. It must have been the most work the estuary man had done in like ten years. It was really quite a lot of excitement for him. Probably wasn't it? He didn't look very well, excited. He's British though, and he had a uniform on and a little hat. So yeah, I'm trying to think what happens then. So the harbour master is like, you know, I guess dealing with the fact that there's a dead body in his jurisdiction and i don't think they'd go into the harbour master it's one bit. one hell of a day at work oh. isn't it so how do they end up how do they because the... he nicks the but she gives him the so, sister so the <laughs> the sister of the buttock tattoo the butterfly buttock tattoo slips love she got a sister. we should have learned no, no, her sorry. name i've just realized no i meant the sister with the oh the that what yeah. yeah yeah slips love through the key to gimbert's boat which is moored in the estuary but why Cause she, cause, cause Maybe she's a, she, she probably cow. knows where all that stuff is stored. She <gasps> she's knows a criminal. She, I, no, I, no, but she's probably... Because Gimbert doesn't know about that. Oh, maybe he does. I bet he does. Gimbert knows course. everything. Yeah. How do you think he's got to where he has in Thatcher's Britain? I didn't get where I am today by... Not Not storing things <laughs> in Fort Not Boyard. Not knowing about the stash at Fort Boyard. <laughs> <laughs> I realise we haven't really explained. So when, what was the point where... Lovejoy realises, ah, oh, the shadow on my wall was... It's when he's cradling the corpse. <laughs> he's oh, that's so as he's cradling the corpse, he looks up and sees in the estuary a sort of... I mean, what would you even call it? I mean, basically it's Fort the Boyard. Shape of, of it's the shape of, of this fort. Of... Hang on, we might have US listeners. Yeah, or listeners from around the world who do not know, <laughs> apart from our French listeners, who do not know what Fort Boyard is. Bonjour. Oh, actually, did they have a I don't know, but I feel like it's quite difficult to explain what it is. But it's like a structure in the estuary. I mean, what even is it? Like a, it's a, of, it's a bit a, like an oil it's like platform. A it's like a it's like a fort. That's why that's it's called Fort Frigging Boyard. It's out like in the estuary, so it's in, it's the, sea. in the sea. You cannot yeah. get to it. It's not on land. It's yeah. in the sea. It's not I on land. I love how he sees the outline of it, and it reminds him of the shape that he drew on his wall earlier on. That I thought was a nipple. Yeah, that wasn't a nipple. It was and a actually, it doesn't, it doesn't even look like a nipple, yeah. so I'm not really sure I mean, what was happening. If that was your nipple, you should get it checked out, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> Anyway, then he realises the secret of the Japanese firefly cage is the secret of Fort Boyard in the mm. sea. Anyway, for some reason they're on a boat that they've nicked. Wait, oh, the, no, not for some reason. They're has, going to the where the fort is. He has a realisation that gone, that's the place where the dodgy gangster stuff is happening. What we should explain, actually, about Lovejoy here is he's meant to have this skill. He's, he's what they call a divvy, and that does come directly from the books, the Jonathan what? Gash book. Divvy? Yeah, no idea what it is, but he's basically got a skill, which is that he can he has this insight, this inherent insight into antiques and knowing when something is particularly valuable. Oh, I see oh. what you mean. Because Tinker said that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. But so, I thought divvy meant like, oh, you div. <laughs> Probably don't broadcast that bit. Yeah, but div, what is that sort of div shot for? Because that divvy, in the sense of the antiques, this is interesting. This is like divining. In, yeah, yeah it's divining in antiques, in, exactly. isn't it? But then why would you call someone a div? Because what's that short for? Is it short for something really, it's really something obnoxious really horrible that, that we I don't want to talk of? about? Because it's a horrible word, probably. I don't know. Div. I think we should... Uh, div. I'm going to edit it out. Div. It actually, it comes from, uh, originates from prison slang in the UK. 
a job often given to the lowest inmates was to put cardboard go. dividers into boxes. Someone there you given go. this job was called a div. It's now you used div. to insult someone who displays stupidity. Like cardboard dividers. I love that. <laughs> what a brilliant you insult. Would never have known You're that. so stupid you could have to put cardboard dividers in. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that just makes you go, men, what are they about? Yeah. Oh, anyway, but yeah, so but he's a divvy in the sense of divining, divining, divining something, and you almost get the feeling that he's sort of I want to call it a sixth sense, but That's you know this this skin, almost supernatural <gasps> thing um, has extended to him going there's something over there I need to go and check it out in Fort Boyard in Fort Boyard <laughs> and well there is. And there yes, is. But he was we, right. We is, about, I feel like we haven't talked about Helen's boyfriend at any point. We've talked a lot about Lovejoy, your boyfriend. Well, Helen's boyfriend a little didn't about really Eric. feature in oh. it is so much. But he was He's really much... good on the boat. I thought he was we should very just good on the boat. <laughs> my boyfriend is not my actual real life boyfriend. <laughs> just as, in case you felt the need. As you'll be familiar, in Lovejoy, there are three male leads Lovejoy himself. Well, until you get Eric. to the fifth series and then Eric gets replaced with Beth. But mm. anyway, that's for another day. So Paul is in love with Lovejoy. <sighs> Em is in love with Eric. And so what they decided was that left me with Tinker. Now, or Charlie Gimbert. I mean, you can... Or Lady Jane Grey. No, what's Felsham. her name? Not Grey. Lady Jane, Jane Grey. Not her. Not her. Um, so it's fine. Although I'll, I'll... she features in a much, much later episode. What, they, the actual no, Lady Jane Grey? they talk Grey? about Lady Jane Grey oh. and something that belonged to her in a later episode. But... Well, there you go. So that will come okay. around. Yeah. Um, so my boyfriend... Um, is Tinker. They can't see you doing quote marks. Yeah, I'm doing quote marks Boy, around boyfriend because not my real boyfriend, surprisingly. Um, but it's funny because Tinker and Eric, they were in this episode, but I felt like there was... They not... didn't work together, did they? There was... It was more kind of interesting. Eric was fab. Eric, Eric was quite prominent and you really kind of... Thought... <laughs> Don't slow the mood. It just made me laugh. Um, but oh. Tinker comes into his own a lot more later on. Although, yeah, he was quite good on. Actually, you say he was good on the boat. He looked terrified. Yeah, but I'm saying he was. He, he was good as in I enjoyed what was happening with the character. I think I need to have a word with my boyfriend about his drinking. Yeah, well, yeah, he drank. He he yeah. yeah. When they were on the boat, so we should explain. So, as mentioned, Lovejoy gets the keys to Gimbert's boat from the dodgy sister with the buttock butterfly tattoo. And we then, do need to learn her name. Say, that's that's really like a really, really sisterhood. bad sequel of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> the Girl with the Buttock Butterfly Tattoo. Yeah. The Girl with the Butterfly Tattoo. Um, and for some reason, like, I guess Tinker, does he, like, get Tinker to come for some reason? Like, he calls up Tinker. I can't remember how Tinker and arrives. Says, let's go on and this says, let's go on the boat and boat go to On Fort a suicide Boyard. mission to Fort Boyard. We need to learn in what's really there. rough seas mm. to pinch them. Well, it's not really rough. You're just oh, really, <laughs> really sensitive. Says me, who will puke like on the Thames <laughs> Clipper. <laughs> it did look rough. It looks awful. I feel bad now. I mean, Tinker was swinging from his hip flask quite extensively, which was lucky that he took it with him there. Mm. Oh yes, because. So as they get so they get to Fort Boyard, they discover the stash of antiques. They so they've made a drop, and then as they're discovering the antiques, unfortunately they get caught in the act by. Do you remember those two men who beat them up badly? Uh, badly, names not, we not did not badly. Who acted badly? <laughs> yeah. The two, the two uh, whose names we did not write down or pay any attention to at any point. You might have noticed. I think for, what we've learned for future is we should maybe try and like get the names of the characters because it makes talking about the story a lot easier. <laughs> right, they were there. 
On a big boat. They, but I think they were trying to sort of ram Lovejoy's boat and kill him, basically, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Um, so Lovejoy had a really clever idea. Cause it turns out Lovejoy's a little bit of an amateur scientist. It went isn't super it? MacGyver at this it point. It did. It did mm. a little bit, didn't it? It got quite. It got a bit, little bit dark. And I didn't understand what he was doing. I was like, why is he just destroying this ship? And he was like pulling the boiler down and getting a mop. Uh, why is he pouring booze, booze on, on a mop? <laughs> that was in my notes. Pouring booze on a mop. I was very upset by the fact that he took Tinker's second tip flask because his first one was pretty much empty, wasn't it? You always got a and then, uh, and then poured it all on a mop. To create a... Molotov cocktail. Yes, really. No, I, I think a Molotov cocktail you throw, don't you? This is like that. Was, well, he did throw. No, you're right. He, he did throw it because he was he threw it onto the other boat. He basically made like he a man-sized Molotov cocktail. Set fire to two men. They were on fire. You dived into the water. So they were all right, probably, in the end. But they were definitely on fire. Pretty pissed off, I would have thought. They were definitely put off killing Lovejoy and Tinker. Yeah. So he did not die. And actually then went to the police and presumably said, so what happened, you see? Well, so I had this mop, but stay with me. (laughs) Because what happened then... Uh, yeah. and explained it all and obviously the police then I think had him up because he'd already been arrested by the same policeman earlier on in the episode and the police ended up having him up on a charge of I presume criminal damage or mm. something along those well, lines well he spoiled Charlie Gimbert's boat but only on one side and he then <laughs> end, only on one side and then he ended up in front of a magistrate and the magistrate was Lady Jane Felsham's husband Lord Felsham <laughs> Alexander whose, oh, name, so sorry. whose yeah. name we do know yeah, so we do know Alexander Felsham. Alexander Felsham. <laughs> Alexander Felsham rather smugly says, "Well, you know, we, we assume that no one's going to have uh, bail. Give you, you know, uh, uh, provide bail for you." Can anyone guess what might possibly happen next? <laughs> <laughs> so somebody runs in at the very last minute and says, "No, someone has provided bail, and it is." Lady, Lady Jane, Jane Felsham. Because she loves getting pissed in an attic. <laughs> <laughs> but also I learned what a magistrate was, which was really useful. And decided you want to be one. So you see... It's only ten days a year. Do you it, get paid? No. No. Oh! Can I point out, I point out that this programme, this conversation is proving that the BBC is fulfilling its objective of being entertaining and educational. Yeah, we yes, like... I was actually going to say, because what, I mean... Because that was kind of the episode. I mean, I think that kind of... They, so they go on bail. Sums it up briefly, what, doesn't it? What did we... Oh, the answer, and then in the end, uh, oh, Gimbert yes. comes to try and settle his debts, you know, to try and get love to... Make up for the half of his boat that's mm. been burned. Oh, I forgot all about this, and it was really good. Yeah. That's a brilliant ending. And Lovejoy's... He does oh, a, class, a class bit of acting. Mm. I do not have a single thing that might make up for the fact that I set your mop on fire. And he <laughs> says, <laughs> and he says, oh, what about that 17th century Bible box on there? Oh, no, I couldn't possibly. It's my most favourite Bible box. It's my most valued possession, says Mr... No, not Mr. Lovejoy. Not, not Mr. Never it's, call him Mr. It's my, most valuable, it's, it's my most valuable possession, says Lovejoy. So Charlie Gimbert takes it and goes away. And then all we hear is do 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 So I I thought we could talk about on that note, like educational, what things did we learn from this first episode of Lovejoy? Yeah, let's have one thing each that we learned. I learned that a 17th century Bible box is more sought after than a 19th century Bible box. I learned that you can fashion a makeshift Molotov cocktail out of a mop <laughs> and some booze. 
and I learned that it's very difficult to um, act having a fight convincingly. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, follow us on um, at lovejoyapod on Twitter. Or you can email us on lovejoyactuallypod at gmail.com. I feel like I might have missed Instagram as well. I was a bit overexcited. Joy. Oh, it's there. I don't actually We should probably, it. on our Instagram... It's got one follower and that's me. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do